Hi, and welcome to A Sober Girls Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and I have been through my own ups and downs with sobriety. And if you're listening to this, then you have taken the first step to making a change in your life and finding a community to help you through it. Now, let's start this journey together. Wednesday fam. I am so glad to be back with you. I see that the downloads are continuing to grow and that absolutely makes my heart sore because that means I'm actually reaching out to people and touching lives. Last week we talked about acceptance and what it meant to accept what being an alcoholic meant. When we come and accept that our lives have become unmanageable, when we accept that there has been a serious decline in our lives and what we go through on a daily basis, when we realize that we cannot do for ourselves, that's where the acceptance comes in. We admitted that we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. And as you heard from me last week, that powerlessness came in a lot of many different forms and ways. I had a lot of issues with infidelity when I was drinking. I had a lot of issues with money management when I was drinking and job losses. I knew that when I started AA, and even though it took me a little bit of time, that I was going to have to be consistent in my program. But when I found out, I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, there's steps and work that are involved with being an alcoholic. And I was absolutely overwhelmed, bamboozled, and thinking that I'm going to fail this class. The good news is, is it's not a class. There's no grade and there's no way to truly fail it unless you can't have any capacity to be honest with yourself. That is the only way that you will truly fail alcoholism or allow it to take over your life. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. And as we start diving into step two, all you need to do is have an open mind. You have to remember that even though this is a program of faith, faith doesn't necessarily mean that you have to believe in God. Faith is something that you can completely trust or have confidence in. So it doesn't have to be God, it doesn't have to be Allah, it can be even the program of AA. As we go through step two, and my story of how step two worked for me, all I ask is that you have an open mind. Because it's not about faith, it's not about God for everybody, but it is about having faith that something can help you recover from alcoholism. In the big book it says, our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make three clear pertinent ideas. That we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, and that God could and would if he were sought. Now, I'm not sure about all of you or any of you, but I do know that from a younger age, I was diagnosed with um, general anxiety disorder and depression. So I would be put on tons of different meds, go to therapy, and I would also do a rape counseling to help me deal with how I rebounded from that with other survivors. As I was going through all of this, 
as I was going through all of this, I was put on a medication and I'm not going to say the name of it because I don't feel that's something that is necessary at this time. But if you would like to reach out and discuss it with me, I'd be more than happy to talk to you. It is believed and quite possible that this specific medication really enhanced my alcoholism. It made it almost tenfold. I'm not saying that the medication is responsible for my alcoholism and addiction. What I'm saying is, is that certain antidepressants or SSRIs have different effects on everybody and this one happened to have a very negative effect on me. So as I started the program, I actually would come off that antidepressant. I think I was switched to another one, but I ultimately believe I tried to come completely off antidepressants. And that was on some advice from another person in AA. I do not suggest it. I suggest talking to your doctor about it first. It is not something you and another person in AA should do. There should be no major changes in your first year of sobriety, whether it's relationships, jobs, homes, finances, and even medications. I knew that there was going to have to be some major changes in my life if I was going to continue to be sober and make it through this program. And as much as I probably hated to admit it in the beginning, step two really was the beginning point for me of how I truly was going to get healthy. Step two is a simpler version of step three because step three is really where you start getting into the nitty gritty of the work. But step two is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Now you don't have to subscribe to a religious practice in order to be a member of AA or even understand this program. And my story discloses in a similar way. If you remember me saying in the last episode, I did grow up a Christian. I went to a Lutheran church in my hometown I ended up getting confirmed there. I was also baptized there and was a member there for basically my whole life. So going into the program, I believed in God. I believed in the power of the cross. I believed we would be saved from our sins. But I also grew up fearing hell and fearing death and consequences because that is such a huge portion of organized religion is not the goodness of God but the wrath of God. And I remember thinking as a teenager and as a child, like, how can I love a deity that wants to do me harm instead of helping me or showing me or giving me different avenues of which I can do good? So that's something that weighed really heavily on my mind for a lot of years. My faith in the program of AA itself would come before faith in God. Even though I wasn't working the program at the time, I did believe that AA would work. For a lot of years, I didn't do the steps or truly work my program in the sense that I thought the meetings and not using was going to be in my faith, quote unquote, was more or less still in myself. I was still running my own life. And as the big book states, each person is like an actor who wants to run the show, only to be angry when the show doesn't come off the way that they had planned. This is where the insanity part of our lives were. Even though I had clearly accepted I was an alcoholic, I did not accept that anything but myself was going to keep me sober. I mean, I was going to meetings, right? I figured that was enough. I mean, no one was better than me. From 2012 to 2014, I had a large lapse in meetings. 
and I was doing quote unquote just fine. If you've ever seen those memes on Twitter or Facebook where there's that little girl standing in front of that house while it's absolutely just burning to the ground, that is 100% me. It's like, I'm fine, this is fine, I've got this. But the reality of it was, I was not doing just fine. In 2012, I had moved to Virginia with my spouse at the time. I had been very sick with bacterial meningitis and he promised that he would change, that things would get better. And so I believed him and I moved out here. I was still very new in sobriety and yes, two to four years is very new. And later on in 2014, I would go through a divorce and a separation because the marriage didn't work out. I didn't realize how much that move and that decision would heighten my mismanaged life. I ended up getting a job and staying there and I was there for about a year and a half. But the day that I left my husband, I also lost my job. Yes, this would be my second job in sobriety that I had lost. That is how not going to meetings and not working a program can affect a life even if you're sober. So here I am with a child who I was taken out of a situation I didn't feel was safe, and now I had no job. I did have money and a roof, but clearly my mismanaged life was not working for me. And that would all change. I found a new church. A friend I used to work with attended a non-denominational church about 40 minutes from my apartment, but I loved it. I met a whole new community of people. I wasn't truly sold on the God thing yet. Remember, I grew up believing in God, but I didn't have a relationship with him. While I was attending this church, they had a program, and the program was called Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is a faith-based program that follows the same principles as Alcoholics Anonymous. But when you're going through the steps, you are doing faith-based steps. You are doing scripture steps. So if it's like step one, admitted that I was powerless over alcohol. Instead of alcohol, it's admitted we were powerless. And then we would find a Bible verse or a Bible verse was given that would say or match the powerlessness phrase. The group met on Friday nights and it was ran kind of like a little church program. So they would have music before and worship before, which was always fun because I absolutely love to sing. Like, give me a microphone, give me whatever, and let me sing. A church, a concert, karaoke, I don't care. I love to sing. I'll jam in my car by myself. I don't care who's watching and who's listening. So then we would break off into small groups, and there were different small groups for different types of addictions or issues. There were things for eating, alcoholism, abuse, pornography. So this group wasn't just solely for addiction and alcoholism, which I think that is really important that we have these 12-step programs to help other people. And while I was there, I knew it was a great program and it works. It just wasn't for me. And in the end, that's okay. My higher power knew that that is where I needed to be at the time. You see, your higher power knows. They look out for you and keep you safe. But here is where I would do my step. I wasn't ready for a sponsor yet because I hadn't found that connection. But the connection with my higher power was growing. Sponsorship is something that is very important and something you should not go long without. And I will have a whole podcast on sponsorship at some point. A woman that I met at CR went to AA meetings on Saturday mornings. And I was so excited since leaving Minnesota in 2012, this would be my first real AA meeting. 
and I was ecstatic, a little bit nervous too. While attending Celebrate Recovery, I would also attend my Saturday morning meetings, the Serenity Group, and also do my step work. During my step work, I admit I wasn't into the faith-based, but I'd read my big book and do the AA steps at the same time. I don't know when it was, but in the midst of all the work, attending church, a realization hit me that God was doing for me what I could not do for myself. I was paying bills, I had a new job, I had a new relationship, I was finally growing. Growing along spiritual lines. Remember that part of the promises? And growth doesn't just stop at the end of the 12 steps. You are always going to be growing. You are always going to be learning something new in AA. When I go to my Saturday morning groups, there are so many more old timers in there than there are young folks. So when I'm learning about sobriety, when I'm learning about myself, I'm learning from people that have been in the program for 20, 30 and one guy last year got 46 years. Even though I've been going there for probably eight years now, seven years now, I am still the baby in the group, you guys. I only have 11 years of sobriety. I am 100% the baby in that group. Along with the acronyms, they also have a lot of sayings, and one of the favorite sayings of some of my old timers is, suit up, show up, sit down, and shut up. And honestly, that makes me laugh because I don't think there's a moment in time when adult has told me in my entire life to sit down and shut up and I would willingly listen. That's what this program does for people, you guys. It gives us a whole new perspective on life. It gives us a whole new opportunity for someone to teach us. And remember, acceptance is all a huge part of this. We have to accept every single day. Remember that acceptance is the answer to all of our problems. Now, before we move on, I do want to address again that this is not a Christian program. It is a faith-based program. As you work the steps, you will see that faith in the program works. If you do not have a higher power, subscribe to a higher power. That is more than okay. There's actually a portion in one of the books, I believe it's in the book, Came to Believe, where it states that AA itself can be a higher power. That's actually in the big book. Sorry about that. And as long as you have faith in AA and refer to AA for all of your problems, it is literally an instruction book for how to live your life. You can have faith, you can have belief, and it's not going to be any worse than having a faith in God or a faith in Allah or Jehovah. We are, after all, selfish, and selfishness is our problem. We are driven by fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. Our troubles are our own making, and we are our own self-run riot. The only way that we're going to get over that is if we have faith in a higher power. Without faith, without God's help, without being able to accept that we need this in our lives, alcoholism will kill us. We have to quit playing God and stop being our own direct. And this is where a higher power comes in. There is a whole chapter in the big book called We Agnostics. This is the chapter that discusses the journey and hope for those who don't not believe in God but don't subscribe to God being the only deity. There is no religious component or requirement to be an AA, but if you seek a higher power and accept grace, 
then you are here at step two. Accepting grace is never easy. There are many ways that people in recovery approach and conceive the higher power greater than themselves. That's the beauty of our recovery journey. There is no right way to come to believe. Once you do, however, you will truly see how your higher power can do for you what you cannot do for yourself. I was so scared that a God I had let down so many times would not be able to find grace for me. But as I work my steps and I learn the power of prayer and the power of trusting God, God's forgiveness never expires. I was truly starting to believe that God would take care of me. And he still does. Even in my times of folly and unfaithfulness, those moments where I get caught up on myself, I forget that when I try to run my own show or my own program, things start to go haywire. This is the true issue with alcoholism. It's the ism part of the word. The I sponsor myself or I self me. Acronyms are a fun part of AA and I promise you will learn to appreciate them as you hear them. I recently have been struggling with working my program and even though I've been going to meetings and in-service work the past couple of weeks, I've really been struggling with a few things in my personal life and I was forgetting at that point that God was the one who was in charge, not because of my acceptance as God is my higher power. I have had so many blessings in my life, it's unbelievable. I've still been able to pay my bills, hold a job. I've made it through cancer. I have made it through recovery with cancer. I have made it through with some really crappy health diagnoses, as well as starting out a new relationship and marriage to raising a 15-year-old child who also was subsequently dealing with trauma of his own as well as recovering from the divorce and my alcoholism. And when I don't remember that God is in charge, when I don't remember that a power greater than myself can restore my sanity, that's where things in my marriage, in my parenting, in my job, and my friendships will all start to suffer. And when I'm not being self-centered or self-focused, I'm able to focus on other people in a positive manner, not a negative manner. When I am stressed out and anxious, I tend to focus on things in a very negative light. I will focus on people, but I will continually find what's wrong with them instead of myself. And usually it's when I'm not working my program that there is something wrong with myself. Like I said last time, there's nothing easy about this program. There's nothing easy about recovery, but it can be easier if you follow the steps, if you do the work, if you get into service work, if you have a sponsor, if you reach out when you need to. If you find that you're doing those things instead of reacting at work, falling apart on friends, blaming people when things go wrong, you will find that the program continues to grow with you and not against you. My sponsor always tells me, come to me with the bad stuff and leave all the good stuff for your friends and your family. Now, I'm not saying that that can happen all the time because I do have one or two friends that when things go wrong, I'm like, hey, I need to talk. But that's usually in regards to things in friendships or family. That's not issues that I know are going to affect my everyday sobriety. That being said, I will still text my sponsor and say, hey, this is what's going on and this is what I need to discuss. I have a best friend that I talk to on the daily about everything. She knows everything and anything about my life and that's okay. You should have a bestie, but you should also have a sponsor and a program that helps keep you sober because when it comes down to it, friends, 
we can't rely on just our friends getting us through. I remember when I told someone that I was sober. I had been sober probably oh, 2015, so five years by this time. She actually said to me, the first time you take a drink again, I want to be the one that will be with you. And my thought was either she didn't understand alcoholism, which I'm pretty sure is still the answer, or she didn't understand what alcohol did to me. And since she had not seen me drink, I've got a feeling she just didn't understand it truly. That being the case, we are still friends, we still talk, and she understands that I absolutely cannot have one drink of alcohol. Is One drink is too many and a thousand is not enough. And if you are new to the program, you are gonna hear that all the time, so you might as well get used to it. So when I am in trouble, I do definitely reach out to my sponsor. I also will talk to God. I will also pray. I will do the serenity prayer. I will pray how I need to pray. And while dropping to my knees isn't how I specifically pray, I will talk to God. Because as the steps state in AA, that making a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him is going to be what continues to push us forward in the program. In just a few weeks, I'll have a friend who's been in recovery for around the same amount of time that I have and he's eager to share his experience, strength, and hope with all of you. Since we've been discussing steps one and two and acceptance, Tyler will be coming on here and telling us all about his experience with steps one and steps two. He and I had a huge discussion last week about acceptance and how I was struggling with a couple of different things regarding my program. And he had to remind me that acceptance truly is the basis of the entire program, steps one through 12, we have to accept things all the way through. I am very excited for you to be able to hear from him and hear his story because you guys, he has got just an incredible story. He's another Minnesota person. I met him through TikTok. Don't judge me. I know you have TikTok and if you don't, you're missing out. And he is going to just drop a bunch of knowledge on us, and I cannot wait for you to hear his story. While I absolutely love sharing with y'all, I think it's so important that we do bring other people into this program because it's not just my story that's going to help you, it's everybody else's stories as well. Thank you again for joining me on my journey, and I am updating the A Sober Girls podcast website with links to acronyms, and I hope that you read them and I hope that you enjoy them. I am so grateful for every single listener and supporter that we have. In AA, we learn fun sayings and acronyms, and one saying that I love is having an attitude of gratitude. So when I'm down or bothered or feel hopeless, I will write a gratitude list. I'd like to end our podcast on a positive note and thank my girlfriend from my meetings who suggested it. So this week, I'm grateful for my son coming home. He was gone for two months of summer, and having him home this weekend has been absolutely fantastic. He started 10th grade yesterday, and I love the young man that he's growing into be. I hope that you all have a great week, and I hope that you heard something in this podcast that can resonate with you and help you get through the week. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of A Sober Girls Podcast, where we talk about our experience, strength, and hope to give you a brighter future in recovery. Please do not forget to subscribe, follow, save, and download so you can hear next week's episode. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Sober Girls Pod and online where I put all show notes and information 
at a sobergirlspodcast.podbean.com. Also, soon you'll be able to subscribe to Patreon for additional features, so stay tuned. Until next time, fam, be well. Bye.